Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. We spend a lot of time on this show talking about the grim effects of climate change, but not as much on the steps each of us can take to make a difference. That's the idea behind KCRW's new Anti-Dread Climate podcast. Here's part of an episode in which KCRW climate reporter Kaylee Wells and her co-host Candace Dickens-Russell, an environmental educator, discuss how to make the office more eco-friendly without causing an uproar. Candace. What is your experience if you try to get somebody on board with composting or bringing a reusable water bottle to the office or like any kind of those Mm -hmm. like climate friendly life changes? Oh, that's my life, right? As an environmental educator, I spend so much time going and just answering, mostly answering questions. I will say Mm -hmm. that it's not always me running up people going, stop in the name of the climate. (laughs) It's it's a lot of answering questions like, well, what's better, a a fake Christmas tree or a real Christmas tree? I answer that question all the time. So these are the sorts of things that happen. So my experience is that I try to be a resource, not a regulator. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's my perspective. Actually, this is sort of the topic that Karina wrote in about mm. because she is trying to tread that really fine line too. She <laughs> she lives in North Hollywood. Okay. She works in a at a dramatic arts college in mm. Los Angeles. Okay. And so because she works in office space, she sees a lot of plastic yeah. and paper waste come through every oh, day. I see. I was wondering if there were any like tips or tricks about how I can influence people in the faculty lounge to be more eco-conscious every day. So she really cares. She really wants to bring this up to her manager mm-hmm. and her co-workers, but... I don't want to be like that person that's like policing the faculty lounge and being like, are you going to reuse that paper cup? <laughs> are you going to recycle that plastic bottle? Because we have recycling bins over here. You know, it doesn't have to go in the trash. It could go in the... I don't want to be that person. <laughs> it's hard. Being a climate cop is hard. It, well, I would much rather be a climate Charlie's angel than a climate <laughs> Charlie's cop, angel? Say that. Like, <laughs> sure. totally that. That's how I picture myself. Yeah. But no, that is so difficult. And you don't want to be that person. And eventually people stop listening to that person. So this is really a behavioral psychology question. You're trying to alter behavior in a way that doesn't make people resistant or mad or annoyed or just stop listening to you after a while. Exactly. And that's what makes this so tough, which is why I talked to Ken Donnelly. He is president of a group called Beyond Attitude Consulting, which is exactly the kind of business that you hire if, say, you're a company and you've decided you're going to be really climate friendly and you're trying to get all your employees on board with these climate friendly changes. We know from behavioral research that just because somebody thinks something is a good idea and they know all the reasons it's, it's a good idea, it doesn't mean they'll do it. And sort of the way he made that point to me is think about donating blood. We all agree that donating blood is probably a good thing to do. Right, but right. then when you look around at all the people who have actually donated blood, it's something like less than 4% of people actually 
do it. Absolutely. So an easy place to start is to make this more eco-friendly thing the default. Yes, that definitely is the answer. So putting the coffee mugs out on the table, but the paper cups like in a drawer that's kind of away. Make people work for the least desirable option a little more. The kind of things that Donnelly mentioned were make it so that lights turn off automatically in mm-hmm, a room mm-hmm. or that the printer automatically prints double-sided. So mm, it doesn't take extra effort for somebody to do something more climate-friendly. That's just sort of the default. And if you want to be worse to the planet, you have to try harder to be worse to the planet. Right, right. So it makes perfect sense to do things that are automatic and default, but not every climate-friendly thing is automatic or can be put on the default. That's true. I mean, a lot of helping the planet is going to require some effort. Mm-hmm. So he said, start with the small asks. Um, like, hey, do you mind turning off the lights in the room that does not turn off automatically before you leave? And when people start doing those smaller things, mm-hmm. they look at themselves like, hey, I'm a, I'm a good steward of the earth. Okay. And so you just have to get them on board with the smaller things before they are more likely to get on board with these harder things because that aligns with this new identity that they have for themselves. Interesting. His other point is try to get people committed. So don't just say, hey, Could you bring your own water bottle to work? Be like, hey, can I count on you to Hmm. be one of these people who brings your own water bottle to work? One of these beacons that's doing the right thing. Exactly. That we can kind of share with everyone else. Yeah, be like a role model. Right, right. if they say yes, they're more likely to do that because Mm. in our society, your word means a lot. The important thing is that verbal commitments are strong, written commitments are stronger, and the public commitment is the strongest So if people think that their name might be used, they're much more likely to do it. Meaning like, okay, you could say, hey, do you mind putting your food waste in this organic bin? And they'll say, sure. But if you get them to sign a petition Mm. or if you get them to like be on a bulletin board with a list of names. This is the green team. Yeah. These are the people who are going to be helping lead us into this new future. It's better than a wall of shame. It's like a wall of Positive reinforcement. (laughs) Yes. The virtuous loop. I like it. There's also this aspect of peer pressure, and that can be really useful. So if everyone around you is using a mug and you're the one person still going into the cabinet and reaching the back of the door to get a paper cup, you start to feel awkward about Mm -hmm. it. So if you get a bunch of people on your side, then suddenly that process begins to happen a lot faster. Yeah. That little bit of a tipping point. Oh, yeah. I remember (laughs) what you're talking about with a tipping point. And this is sort of getting to one of his other main points, that you can kickstart that tipping point process by creating like a sustainability committee. Right. Yes, that green team. And it's no longer Karina being the annoying person, Mm. the annoying squeaky wheel. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, Karina's part of this whole movement now. And we're all going in that direction Mm -hmm. together. Time for takeaways. Okay, Karina, how do you make your office more eco-friendly without causing an uproar? Make a team of like-minded people so you're no longer a lone nagger. (laughs) Try to get people to commit. You could get them to sign something or at least say that they'll do something because that is way going to increase the chance that they'll actually follow through with that commitment. And make that climate-friendly behavior easier. If you take away one option, fill it with another option that's more convenient. You can hear more episodes of the Anti-Dread Climate podcast wherever you get your podcasts or ask them a question at kcrw.com slash climate. And that is The California Report for Wednesday, December 27th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. 
I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health, on the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care, now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 